Hi, my name is Keith, and before we get to this week's episode of Between Two Mics, I want to tell you about another show I think you're going to love, and it's recorded on Squadcast. I host You First, the Disability Rights Florida podcast. We dig into issues of national and global importance to people with disabilities. You may or may not have a disability, but you probably know someone who does, so tune in and learn a thing or two. You can find it wherever you get podcasts or on our website at disabilityrightsflorida.org slash podcast. All right, let's get to Between Two Mics. Welcome to Between Two Mics, the podcast that brings you remote recording resources from Squadcast.fm. I'm Rock Felder, co-founder and CFO of Squadcast. And I'm Zach Moreno, co-founder and CEO. On Between Two Mics, we bring you interviews with podcasters, experts in the field of remote recording. We discuss current events in podcasting and so much more. Twice a month, you'll hear a founder's episode. That's just the two of us chatting about all things remote recording. Updates to Squadcast, what we're up to, and what we're listening to. The other two weeks of the month, we'll bring you interview episodes. Zach and I will sit down with experts in the podcast space to discuss their companies, their podcasts, their thoughts on podcasting, creating content, and more. The most exciting part? We're recording all of this on Squadcast, the best place to record remote audio and video interviews in studio quality. So let's get between two mics. Hey, Squadcasters, welcome to the show. We're very excited to bring you today's Between Two Mics interview with Good Pods founder, JJ Ramberg. But before we get to JJ, a few things going on in the Squadcast world that we want to tell you about. First, squadcast.fm slash share. And what's that link? Well, by now you probably know, but I'm going to remind you anyway. We genuinely want to promote you. We want to use our platform to show you off. That's why we created a content submission form, which can be found at squadcast.fm slash share. You can submit squad shots, voice clips, and more, and we'll show you off to the world. Share your squad story at squadcast.fm slash share. And next, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite thing about this podcast? What do you think could be improved? We always talk about audience involvement on this show, and we want to walk the walk. So please... Tweet at us to let us know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Squadcast FM. Okay, let's get to our chat with JJ Ramberg. Zach and I will just jump right into it. JJ, you have a super, super impressive career in media and television, but how how did you get your start in podcasting? I started as a listener. I, you know, early days of podcasting, I was a listener. I was a big NPR listener before that. And so I just loved listening to podcasts. And then I worked at NBC News for many years. And with NBC News, I became a podcaster. So I've seen the world from both sides now. Right. And that's like over a decade in the the TV media uh, part of your life. When did you become an entrepreneur? And it also seems like your family has kind of a knack for being entrepreneurs. Your your brother is the co-founder of Good Pods, but is, uh, is his mother, dad, whoever else, is there some other entrepreneurs that you're learning from too? It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. 
We keep it in the family. So my co-founder is my brother. We also work with my sister on Good Pods, our company. Before this, Ken, who's my co-founder, started a company with my mom, which they then went ahead and sold to Monster.com. My father is also an entrepreneur, both grandfathers. So yeah, it's somewhere in my genes, I guess. It's almost like you didn't have a choice, huh? <laughs> I, I guess maybe I didn't. I don't know. I've always been interested in it since I was a kid. I always, I, I always thought it would be cool to start something on my own. What was the unique insight that you know made you want to start Good Pods? As I said, I, I saw podcasting from both sides, and so it was both these things that made us want to start. On the listener side, I had trouble finding new podcasts. So I'm sure you guys have had this experience where you're about to go for a run, or this is what would happen to me. I'd be going for a run, and I'd literally spend 20 minutes of my time to go running, searching for a podcast to listen to on my run. (laughs) And it was just totally inefficient. And eventually, I'd call my brother, or I'd look through, try and find that text where my friend suggested some podcast to me. And it was annoying. And I knew there was all this great stuff out there, but I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't remember what someone told me at a dinner party. And it just felt very obvious. Like, why isn't there a Goodreads for podcasts or an Instagram for podcasts where I could see what my friends are listening to? So that was on the listener side. As a podcaster, two things. One, I realized that number one, word of mouth was the best way to get the word out about your show. Even me with a decade old national television show on MSNBC, people would listen to my podcast and have no idea that I even had a TV show. They just found out (laughs) about it through word of mouth. But then second, I thought, there's, again, so much content out there. And here's my show. And I have the backing of this huge company behind me. What happens to all these people, these great voices and these great stories when they don't have NBC behind them and their show is absolutely as good as mine? How does that get out? They're not making top 10 lists, right? They're not making the carousel on some of these big players. And so how does anyone find out about these shows? How do they gain an audience? And that's why we started Good Pods. And so on Good Pods, we've seen lots of under the radar shows go viral because it's social media. Like I listen to it. Then you rock, you see that I did and you try it out. And then you, Zach, see that rock, listen to it on your feed and you try it out. So it's been, it's been really cool. That's definitely been my experience. And, uh, and I think seeing podcaster from the, the independent creator perspective and how that can come to life from a technology that empowers the it's amazing to us. Rock and I often talk about uh, how independent creators and podcasters and video creators are essentially competing at a level playing field now um, through technologies like yours and like ours that are making this uh, much more of a competitive uh, landscape for connecting and getting content in front of li- listeners and audiences that are that are really into the ideas that are being shared. And I think that's really awesome how you're making that happen. And I'm a technologist, I'm a software engineer, so I'm interested also in, in how you made the jump from that unique insight into the technology and the application as it is on my Android phone or Rock's iPhone. How did you make that jump from idea to app? You hire a lot of good people who are smarter than yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that. the idea, <laughs> the idea, again, was the our idea was very simple. We want to help listeners find new podcasts. We want to help podcasters 
find new audiences. So we just took that as our basic idea and then went ahead and looked at Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and felt like we took the best of those that worked with podcasting. So we, you know, we had a lot of other models to look at to start. And so so Good Pods, I don't even think I explained exactly what it is, but it's it's a podcatcher, right? You can play your podcast on there. It's podcast player, but you can follow friends and influencers and groups to see what they're listening to. So to go back to what you were saying, it's really been a process. Like the Good Pods that exist today is not the Good Pods that we launched in beta when we launched it a little while ago. I mean, we are constantly adding, That's a good sign. taking away from, iterating to this app. And so it's. I hosted a, a show about entrepreneurs for 13 years, 12 years. So I say this all the time about companies, but it is a lot of listening to your users. I'm sure you guys do this with Squadcast and just listening to what they want and then figuring out how to deliver the stuff that makes sense. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time. But the other thing that we talk about is how fortunate we are that the folks that we listen to, they talk for a living. So we view our jobs as easy as long as we just get out of the way. So I'm glad you relate that to that too. And actually, another thing that I think we can relate on is trying to build a product that attracts multiple audiences. There's multiple people that we got to consider here. We got to consider the podcaster, uh, the guest, but then also the listener, because they're the folks that are listening to this end experience. So what that what has that been like for you all at Good Pods, trying to attract the podcaster to the platform, but then also the listener? You know, that's, it's really interesting. And you're exactly right. For a lot of it, it's the same because a lot of podcasters are listeners. And we do feel that when we serve the listener, we're serving the podcaster because they're out there looking for listeners, right? The, the goal, though they're two goals, they end up the same. When podcasters find, when listeners find new podcasters, podcasters are finding new listeners. So it works together. But yes, there are different features that we market to podcasters than listeners. For, and when you sign up for the app, you designate yourself as either a podcaster or a listener. So and you get different pages. That can be sometimes with a platform like yours, that can be kind of a chicken and an egg problem sometimes. But you got to kind of seed the seed the marketplace, seed the uh, the content in, in your case. So podcasters being based on the open standard of RSS, like uh, I imagine you were able to bring in a lot of those shows. And then I found it super easy to claim this show between two mics and also my uh, my personal podcast, Crypto Art. As soon as I onboarded, it was super easy, claimed those shows, like verified that was me, which I also appreciate because I don't want other people to claim my show. So there's a lot of kind of unique things along the way. And it felt very smooth to do that. And was able to connect with our community manager, Ariel, who was already loving the experience on Good Pods and like really kind of go from there with recommendations and what I was listening to and what she's listening to and all the people she's connected with. And I think it's, it's you know, something where I, I was pretty quickly able to, my wife and I both were quickly able to find recommendations for shows that one, we weren't aware of and that fit our taste, not because of some like AI that served that up to us, but because people were also listening to those things and we have those things in common. So uh, I just wanted to share that, that that experience from from my perspective was, was about as simple as I can imagine it being and really got me to where I wanted to go and was yeah full of the podcast that uh, that I didn't even know I liked yet. 
if anyone could see the video right now, they would see an enormous smile on my face because that's what we're trying to do, right? That's when we started this out in beta and it was just the team and a few friends and family on it and some other random people we found and got them to be on our beta. It was so fun. And, and, and by the way, back then it was in the middle of quarantine where we couldn't even see each other. And so it was so great to like, wake up in the morning and look at my good pods feed and see what my sister was listening to. Right. I mean, even still, by the way, because I often fall asleep earlier than my husband or he travels somewhere. I love getting to see what he listens to. And then I listen to it too. And that's fun to talk about. <laughs> that's something that we've noted is, is kind of not something that comes for free with podcasting as an ecosystem is like the ability to to comment on, or those comments can be kind of live within one app or another. And the critical mass uh, that your platform is getting to, I think, can really alleviate that and, and provide, you know, audience engagement opportunities to do interesting things like, hey, you love this episode, but who else would you like me to talk to? And, and what other kind of questions or segments would you like to see in future episodes? And I think that conversation really is a serves to optimize, you know, the creator can optimize their show for whatever their, their audience is into. Yeah, what's neat about Good Pods is because it's social media, you can really interact and engage with people in a very easy way. You can see who's listened to your podcast as long as it's public, right? If they've made it public, you can make anything you want private and you can engage with them right there. But we also have a groups functionality and groups can be, I've seen them around three things so far. One is around a topic, like there's an astrology group with nearly 700 people in it. And they all share astrology hmm. podcasts with each other and talk about them and comment, et cetera. And then there's a version where it's just a few people. These are private groups. Like my three best friends and I have one and it's like a book club basically for us. And then there are groups just mm -hmm. around a show. So it could be the Between Two Mics group where you all can engage with your listeners and they can engage with each other. I like the sound of that, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try that. And that was actually, you just reminded me, JJ, that was actually how I first learned about Good Pods. I asked Ariel because my wife and her sister started this Stephen King book club in uh, during the pandemic, in the beginning of the pandemic, actually. Um, Love it. And impressively, they've already worked. They've already worked their way through the majority of his catalog, which is quite a feat. Um <laughs> Uh, so I uh, I think it was Becca, my wife, who asked me, like, is there like a book club for podcasts? And I was like, I think Ariel would know the answer to that question. So I didn't know the answer off the top of my head. And she sent me a link to Good Pods. And that was exactly kind of the, the one of the use cases I imagine that people find their way into your platform and and can find really cool ways to engage there with that. It is. It's really fun. The idea of a podcast club is so fun to me because as a listener, right? That it's not, I, I can do it. There, there's not going to be anyone reading the Cliff's notes or just going to the book club meeting to drink the wine, right? It doesn't take that long <laughs> to listen to a podcast, but also as a podcaster, these groups are just other ways that you can be marketing your show to people, right? If you have an astrology podcast, you can join the astrology group and you know, that is your niche. All those 700 people love astrology podcasts. Where else are you going to find them? One of the questions that I had for you, since you have this unique perspective working at Good Pods, is I w I'm wondering, is the focus to attract people that are already listening to podcasts, people like Ariel Nissenblatt, who just can't get enough? And that's how Zach and I are. You know, we're totally addicts when it comes to podcasts, but uh, that's a bit different than folks that 
don't necessarily listen to podcasts. It's not a part of their content, you know, content media diet, as Zach likes to call it. I think you phrase it better than that, but it's uh, hopefully you get the essence of it. Is, it. is Are you targeting those differently or focusing on those differently? Uh, I'm just curious what the plans are over at Good Pods to just, you know, grow the overall listenership. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We had a lot of conversations about that early before we launched about who who is this for? And now that we have launched and been around a while and we see who's using the app, just like with other podcast apps that people are using, it's for everyone who listens to podcasts. They'll just use the app differently, right? And so for someone who has never listened to a podcast before, a lot of the times it's because they're intimidated by it. You, I got mm. the answer. This, I always thought this was really interesting. I would say to people, hey, do you listen in my research early on? Do you listen to podcasts? And I would either get yes or I'd get no, but I know I should, which I think is a funny <laughs> response, right? Or no, I, want, <laughs> I just don't even know what to listen to, right? And so the ones who are saying, yes, I already do, this just ups the ante on what your podcast app can do for you. Right now, you can see what your friends are listening to. You can share things. You can talk to people. That's for those people. And there are all these other kind of cool features on it, too. For the ones who are saying, I'm too intimidated. I don't know what to listen to. How fun to be able to just go on and say, oh, that's what my brother, that's what my best friend, that's what someone famous who I am interested in listens to. Just makes it easy. And uh, you mentioned serving independent podcasters, and you mentioned the, the the groups being a great way to engage and and kind of provide more paths to discoverability of your your content you're working hard to produce. But probably uh, guessing here that there's probably other things that you all do to support the discoverability effort of independent podcasters. Can you paint that picture of of the work that you all do to support independents looking for ways to grow their show? I can. We we have really thought a lot about this also. Um, again, going back to the roots of why we started this, to really get out other voices and more voices that aren't attached to big marketing budgets. So we have leaderboards on Good Pods, but we also have leaderboards just for independence. And so whereas your show may never make it in front of The Daily and Crime Junkie and Office Ladies, right, on Good Pods, there are boards where you can absolutely make it to the top, right? And so those are leaderboards by show, by episode, by category, et cetera, for just independent podcasters. The other thing is everyone in the feeds, everyone gets the same play. So we have a following feed. This is the feed of everyone I'm following. So it can be JJ's tiny podcast that I'm making out of my closet while my kids are asleep coming right next to the daily, right? Coming right next to something else. And in and then we have an everyone feed, which is what everyone on the app is listening to. And again, the more listeners you have listening to your show on Good Pods, the more your show just keeps showing up on that everyone feed. And so for independent podcasters, you can be you can get so much play on Good Pods and it's just a matter of getting your friends and fans to use Good Pods as a player, which I would say is a great experience because you're you're losing nothing from not using another app. You're just gaining quite a lot on Good Pods. 
Yeah, that's that, a huge, important distinction. It is. And and it's one of the main criticisms I've read about with journalists who talk about these lists. They make these lists of podcasts and they tend to just kind of recycle the same shows people are like already aware of or heard of or already have major marketing budgets and backing. So the fact that you all are mindful of that and productizing a way where people can discover great shows and content outside of that, while not sacrificing that, if that's what you're into, right? Like that may be a good place to start if you're already familiar with those media channels and and just kind of providing both. And I think, you know, uh, pathways into finding finding more creators to support is, is really beautiful thing. It's so fun for me to talk about this and especially with you all who are supporting independent podcasters because it's hard, right? It is not easy to launch something and spend so much time thinking about the content. And then you have this great show and you have to go find somebody to listen to it. It's a big job. And so I'm I'm just we're just so happy to be able to support that in any way that we can. Hey Squadcasters, I just want to take a moment of your time to tell you about one of our upcoming community events on Friday, August 13th. That's right, Freaky Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific slash 2 p.m. Eastern. Join us for a free workshop to learn about Squadcast's affiliate program. So if you're using Squadcast, loving it, and telling your friends about it, you'll want to learn about how to become an affiliate because you could be making money for all those referrals. This workshop will be available virtually on Crowdcast. We'll have a link to it in the show notes of this episode. So make sure to check it out and register. Can't make it right at the 11 a.m. Pacific slash 2 p.m. Eastern? Not to worry. There'll be a replay available immediately afterward at the same link. We hope you can make it to our affiliate webinar on August 13th. Now let's get back to this episode of Between Two Mics. You've been exposed to many different industries in in media and and in technology, but what do you love about working in the podcast space? And uh, what is uh, what is it that you think is different specifically about working with podcasters? I think podcasting is still the Wild West. I mean, it, not quite as much as it was five years ago, but... The, the industry is just still a baby and everyone in it that I have met is so nice, right? It's been so fun to be in this space because I've just gotten to talk to so many people and everyone has been so supportive of each other. And especially in this independent podcast space, I, I, it's, it's in both the independent and also the big players. Everyone's been really great, but. In this independent podcast space, I really feel a great sense of camaraderie amongst everyone who's working in it. But I'll tell you, before we launched this company, I spoke to 700 people, I kid you not. And that runs the gamut from Malcolm Gladwell to Hernan, who started Wondery, which is a big con uh, content player now acquired by Amazon, to the iHeart mm -hmm. Radio guys all the way down to a woman who does a podcast about dogs that she had just started, to someone who listens to a podcast once a month. I spoke to everyone I could. <laughs> and it was just so interesting to understand people's habits and understand the need out there. And everyone was just so incredibly supportive that it's been a really fun industry to work in. And what prompted you to speak with these 700 plus people? Was it something that was like to validate a hypothesis regarding good pods or where you're like, I want to be in podcasting. Let me talk to all the people I can and figure out, you know, get the lay of the land and figure out where, how I can contribute. It was both. I mean, my brother and I had this idea for good pods. 
And we wanted to know, are we the only ones who care about this? Right. And the only way to know that is to start talking to people. And is there anything like let's poke holes in our in our idea here? And are we right that this is what podcasters need and this is what listeners need? And so we learned a ton from just talking to all those people. I mean, one of the interesting things I learned early on from a very uh, prominent podcaster is a problem that 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 he had was he couldn't get people into his archives. So he's constantly, you know, putting out new episodes and people love it and his show's very famous. But how does he get someone to listen to an episode that was from two years ago? Right. And so we thought a lot about that when we were um, creating good pods. So we just learned a lot from listening to people. I just love hearing a great example of there's no substitute for doing the work. And that's something that we tell podcasters all the time. Can't cut corners and just consistency is the name of the game. And it it, it seems to reward that. And I'm glad to see it's the same for you all. I am curious, though, since you've had this career in more traditional media, but then you've had a podcast as well. Like, what have you learned that you think creators can benefit, you know, coming from your professional media background? I learned that the content has to be good. Right. It just has to be good. And and the thing about podcasting is the barriers for entry are pretty low. And so uh, and it's not that expensive to just start a podcast. And so anyone could do one. But you have to remember that you are taking people's time and time is valuable. And there's a lot of competition out there. So are you really delivering something that people want to hear? And by the way, the answer might be no, and you have to be willing to mm-hmm. hear that answer is no. And then cha- if you want to keep doing it, change your show around. Go ask people what they liked about it, what they don't like about it. But it's you're not going to be successful if your content's not good. And then number two is you're not going to be successful if you have amazing content, but you're doing nothing to get the word out. Ask anyone who's written a book. Right. Marketing that book is just as much work as writing the book. Totally my experience. That's for sure. And I think that it's, you know, like Rock said, I I love that the emphasis was on listening. And I mean, you provide a platform to help other people listen. So that being, you know, a, a key ingredient here, but also to weave these two ideas together, you were prepared and kind of had to be prepared to hear no with your idea. Right. So there, there's so many different parallels between a startup like Squadcast or like Good Pods and uh, and an independent podcaster or uh, or any kind of content creator. So I think that's like a really really beautiful example of just because people have like very passionate feedback about whatever like the latest iteration of of your product was in this case like an episode of your podcast. That's never really a bad thing. It's just an invitation to improve and change and like podcasting that can feel sometimes I've I've heard from the, some of the creatives in our community that it can feel kind of rigid. Like I I design this structure to my show and and I I want to follow through on that. So I I have that somewhat scripted out or maybe some bullet points or something like that. But how do I change that? You know, and I think Greg from Tiny Leaps Big Changes provided one of the first answers that that I heard to that with make a structure with like segments, but then you can swap those segments in and out. You can experiment without needing to to like completely rework the structure of your show, you can have elements of it where you do more experimental things. And sounds like you do that with your application on, on Good Pods uh, and our technology on Squadcast. That's something that we practice. So it's really one of the many parallels between uh, having a, a technology company and a podcast. I think it's really, really awesome how these things are, are very similar to one another. 
Well, what's so neat about having a podcast is you can try all kinds of things, right? Like when I had a TV show, we had our commercials that had to hit at minute 12, you know, whatever it was, and then another one that had to hit at minute 22. Podcasts, you can make some... I mean, you have to let your audience know what they're getting. You know, there's some expectations when they go to your show, but I don't know. You don't, you can make some longer than others. I'm sure you can do all kinds of different things. Once your audience trusts you and knows that you're going to deliver something interesting to them, you can really kind of go to town on trying new things. It's so great like that. Um, I'm going to add one thing though that I want to tell the audience is, because you you talk about starting a podcast and compare it to being an entrepreneur and starting a company, and it really is the same thing. You are starting mm-hmm. from something from scratch, and you are growing it, and you are trying to build this. I spent over a decade interviewing entrepreneurs for MSNBC and small business people and interviewed some of the most successful entrepreneurs, names that you all would know. And the one thing that I found across the board from the people that were successful. It wasn't how much money they had or what school they went to or what connections they had. It was none of that. And so to transfer to that, to podcasting, it's not, you know, who's backing you, anything else, right? It was, could you deal with it when things went wrong, right? When everything was going wrong or it looked like you were going to fail, did you go hide under the covers Or did you maybe hide under the covers for like a few minutes and then pop back out and say, okay, I'm going to deal with this. This may not be fun. (laughs) It might be hard. I might want to go to the closet and cry, but I still can deal with this. That was the one thing that everyone had. So you launch your podcast and no one listens to it for the first month. So go find out why no one's listening to it and then work on that. That's totally the best approach, best attitude. And, you know, like you said earlier, that Wild West feel of like being able to be free and flexible and test different things. And, you know, those are all things that we love and feel like what's working in podcasting and not to take a look at the glass half full here, but maybe take a more optimistic approach with, you know, what what do you want to see change? What do you think is not working, but can be better in podcasting? Yeah. And then I would say, I mean, obviously it's my own company, so I'm going to plug it all over the place, but Go take advantage of things like good pods, right? Don't compare yourself to some New York Times podcast or NPR podcast. That's not where you're going to start, right? Take advantage right. of these things that are out there for you for free that you can grow your audience with in a different kind of way than maybe some other people are. Yeah, it's like a more realistic definition of success. And you can change once you've reached those milestones, you can reset what what success looks like at the next milestone, or, um, you know, at the halfway point. But I think people, you know, they hear advice like, you know, shoot for the stars and, you know, shoot for the moon and you'll end up in the stars, I think, (laughs) to not butcher it. But like, there's many, many milestones to even, you know, get off the ground, let alone into into space. So that's something that I think is, you know, setting realistic expectations, like just consistency uh, at first is like a really big win. Of course, focusing on your listener experience with quality and with content. And there's there's so many milestones that you can reach where it, it's not defined by yeah how many numbers you see in your analytics, or it could be even who is listening, like not a volume, not success de- defined by volume, but by a specific group of people, which is more so what I see as like a meaningful way that uh, that podcasters can 
define success because it it plays to the strengths of having a niche topic and a niche a niche audience and that's valuable to the right advertising relationship or um, wherever you want to take your show from a monetization perspective. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, my show on MSNBC it was about entrepreneurship and running a business, and so we had a very particular audience. I was never going to get the numbers that the Day Show had, right? <laughs> because it's a different kind of audience. I just say that to say, know who you're going after, and again, then that monetizes on the other side too. Mm-hmm. But look, it's hard to start something new, and it's fun to start something new. So you got to you also have to celebrate those milestones as you hit them. Definitely agree with you there. And and on the topic of monetization, where do you think podcast advertising is going and and how do you think that'll continue to like propel uh podcasting forward as an industry? I mean, it's interesting. It's I just had a big talk with my friend who um does a lot of advertising. Worked her whole life in advertising, digital advertising, but with programmatic advertising and and all of these networks. Again, we're in the very early days of that too. And so I think that will consolidate in some way at some point. I think there will be more opportunities for people to make money. And I think there will also be a lot more opportunities for people to make money who have... Right now, if you have an enormous audience, you're good. Right. But I think there'll be more opportunities for that middle ground as well. I mean, advertisers are, are have proven that podcasting is a great way to advertise. Yeah. And tell deeper stories and deepen those relationships beyond kind of a soundbite. Right. Like, I think that's what is inspiring to me. And and I, I definitely see that vision and, and hope that you're right about the middle of podcasting. There's so many people doing amazing creative work in that space and supporting their work is is going to be really, really healthy and important for uh, for the growth of the industry overall. You know what? I want to also tell your audience one thing um, in the idea of, of growing and, and growing your audience and milestones, et cetera. I got a, a call somewhat recently from an NPR station, I won't say which one, in the country saying, we're launching these shows, we're having a little bit of trouble getting discovery for these shows, right? This is a radio station so Mm. (laughs) that specializes (laughs) in audio. So I just, I want people to know that they're not alone out there, that a lot of people are having this issue, even people who are specialists in it. And so when you're kind of feeling alone, like, oh, I'm putting all this work into this great show and can't get an audience, you're not even the even really experienced people have this problem. And so hustle and you will break through that if you have great content. I'm so glad you said that, JJ, because one of the things that we've learned is even though there's an incredible community in the podcast space, it can also be a little bit lonely as well. And so I think you letting folks know that like, hey, this is it's not just you. There are things that you can do and things that you need to try, and it's going to take some effort to, to get where you want to go. But like, if a radio station is having trouble getting discovered, you're not alone here. And that's one of the things that Zach and I, as first-time founders, we always seek other peers that have done it before, or even that are first time as well, just to just feels nice to know that it's not just us, or we're not alone here, or you're, you're you know, you're not the only one experiencing this problem, or, uh, you know, scratching your head, like, what am I going to do here? So I think that's really encouraging and uh, something important for all podcasters to know that you're not alone, you're not the only one that this is a grind, and uh, you'll get there. 
I think so, because the stories you hear are always the success stories. And they always sound like overnight success stories, even if they're like 10 years overnight. But most the people... The first like five chapters happy. always get chopped off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But everyone goes through this, right? And everyone can relate to it. And you have to kind of have your, your people around you who you can be honest with and talk about things with. So uh, last question for you, JJ, pointing our telescopes and like looking forward, what can podcasters expect to come from the amazing work you all are doing at Good Pods? And hopefully what comes from it is lots of new listeners to their shows um, and also a lot of engagement and and talking to each other around those shows and, and true relationships with their listeners. I mean, that's that's really on the podcaster side. That is really what we are after here is just building this way to have community around your shows. I mean, that's at the biggest, at the at the very smallest and easiest one is just building a way for people to find out about your show and listen to it. Totally. And, you know, as a tech company, I imagine there's more innovations to come, more features that we can expect. Is there anything that you can share with the audience of what to look forward to from a product perspective when it comes to good pods? Oh my God. I mean, we have a, a product roadmap that is you know, bigger than my street. (laughs) So this is what I will tell your audience. Um, We take very seriously the idea of listening to the people who are on Good Pods and hearing what they like about it and what they want to see out of it, how we can help them. And so I mean this very honestly, that if you are on Good Pods, and I encourage everyone to go ahead and download the app right now, if you are on it and you see things that you love, that you want to change, that you wish were there, let us know. You can talk to us right through the app or you can email hello at Good Pods. We read every single email and let us know because we have a whole team of people with open ears. Well, you heard it there, folks. I mean, usually we like to say, where's the best place to find you and get in touch? And it sounds like directly download the app, tell them what you think. They're there to listen. So that's great stuff. Yeah. And one thing, because I I think I forgot to mention this in the beginning is if your podcast is on Apple, it's automatically on Good Pods. So there's nothing special you have to do for that. You can just come on to Good Pods and in the onboarding process, claim that podcast is yours. That was my experience. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't need to be um, another submission process or anything weird like that. It's it's just, hey, this is mine. This is who I am. And that shows up like right in your profile. And it's super cool. It's like, hey, these are my shows. I'm a creator. And these, this is what I'm listening to. And this is who I'm connected with. It's it's really that straightforward. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun from my perspective to uh, experience that firsthand, but also, yeah, to see your roadmap start to come to life now that I've been using it for a little while. And I'm sure that there's a lot to look forward to. So really want to take the opportunity, JJ, to applaud your contributions to the podcasting community, industry, independent podcasters, discoverability, all of the work that you are doing at Good Pods and in this space. So thank you so much for that contribution. Well, thank you guys, because I've done, um, for some reason, this week has been very busy, and I've done quite a few podcasts as a guest, and um, more than half of them have been on Squadcast. So something's going on over there. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that, and uh, glad to hear you're enjoying the experience. And also, our work here is not done, obviously, because until 100% is on Squadcast, <laughs> we're, we're not done. So, so thanks for letting us know. Exactly. All right, then. Thank you, JJ. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Between Two Mics. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you learned something or we intrigued you a bit, let us know on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Squadcast FM. And if you want to show the podcast some love, you can leave us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening right now. This show is put together by us, Zach and Rock. It's mixed and produced by Vince Moreno with help from Ariel Nissenblatt. Our logo is designed by Alex Wedby. Since we're a podcast about podcasts, we want to shout out the brands and products that we trust. We're recording using Squadcast.fm, and here's our current stack. For recording, we're using ATR 2100 mics, Apple AirPods Max headphones, and Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 audio interfaces. We edit the show on Adobe Audition, and our hosting site is Simplecast. That's it for us this week. We're back next week with more from Between These Mics.